I'm Janet Cunningham with the University of Utah College of Humanities, and today I'm speaking with Paisley Rechtal, professor of English here at the U and Utah's Poet Laureate. Paisley is the author of several books, and her work has received many awards, including a Guggenheim Fellowship, a National Endowment for the Arts Fellowship, a Fulbright Fellowship, and various state art council awards. In May of last year, the governor appointed you as Utah Poet Laureate. Can you explain a little bit about what this means and how long you'll hold this position? Well, it's a position I hold for four years, and during that time, I basically go to different schools, give talks, readings, work with students, and I'm doing a a big project, basically, for the Poet Laureateship. So the project that you're speaking about, is that the mapping project? I'm working on a project called Mapping Literary Utah. It's sort of a spinoff of a project I did called Mapping Salt Lake City, which is already up and running. And that's a community history web archive that community members and uh, my students have been working on. And Mapping Literary Utah is basically going to be a, a clearinghouse of all of the poets and writers that have lived or still live in Utah. Some of their biographical information, some of their poems, uh, snippets of their short fiction, so that people can Go online, click on a map of Utah that will be on the website, and find out which poets and writers live or have lived in their area. Is this uh, on the website now, or when do you anticipate it being live? That's a great question. I was hoping to get started immediately, but I was sort of sidetracked. The first year, I was doing just so many readings um, and having a great time with that. And this year, I'm writing an enormous poem for the Transcontinental Railroad's 150th anniversary or celebration. And... So I'm hoping to do it in the next two years because I've got two more years left in the term. The difficulty is that we don't know who's going to host the site. And uh, depending on who hosts it, that has a particular platform or not. So we're trying to work that out. How many poets and writers do you anticipate being in this? Is it kind of like a database? It will be a database. So I don't know how many because, of course, there are so many that have been here and there are so many that are here and will be here in future. So as a website, it could be continually added to. I'm also interested in trying to think about writing in a larger um, scope. So I'm thinking about including oral histories by people who may not have um, written cultures originally, or some of the writing that came from Topaz, the internment camp. So as you've been learning more about the writers and poets and artists in Utah, past and present, is there something that has surprised you or is there something that surprised you the most when learning about all these people? Well, I mean, most people have a really passionate attachment to the landscape. Um, It's such a beautiful state. It's such an amazing series of environments all linked together. And so it's drawn a lot of writers to this area specifically for that kind of work. Edward Abbey was here, obviously, for a little while. Wallace Stegner famously wrote um, while he was here as well some of the most powerful environmental literature. And then a lot of people like me have come to the West and really loved being here because of the environment. So I think we're all kind of linked by this passionate love of place. Through this project, and I imagine through your readings and your presentations, you've been in communities, rural communities, urban communities all over the state. Has this taught you anything about the state or about these individual communities or what has been your biggest takeaway? Nothing quite yet because I haven't gone to as many places as I'd like to go. I mean, my first year I spent a lot of time mostly up and down the Wasatch Front and a couple of times down at St. George. I'm going to Moab next week uh, to do a reading, but I'd like to get out even more. I'd like to go back to Bluff. I'd like to go to some of the regions that haven't had the Poet Laureate come for a while, it seems. Um, So I really can't make any 
sweeping statements as of yet, but I will say that the Wasatch Front is pretty much the the gorilla in the room. We we have the most number, the highest concentration of poets and writers. So one thing I've definitely been interested in doing is trying to get us all together. So April 27th, we're going to have an all-state poetry festival. We're getting the details more set up right now, but it's going to be on Westminster College campus. It's going to be an all-day event. We're going to have readings, panel discussions, and all the poets in Utah are going to get together and basically meet, talk, read, um, and have a good time together. So it'll be a great way to introduce ourselves to each other. And will it be open to the public? Yes, it will absolutely be open to the public. Keep it on your calendars, April 27th. So I was reading a little bit on your website about this piece that was commissioned by the Utah Arts Council for the Transcontinental Railroad. Yeah, for the last year, basically, I have been doing nothing but research on the Transcontinental Railroad. It's been, I'm writing only one poem this entire year, and it's a book-length poem about basically the people who built and maintained the Transcontinental Railroad. I think a lot of us know the story of who built it and why and what it does, but we don't really necessarily think about the people who worked on it and continue to work on it, and also the landscape that influenced it and it influenced in turn. So I've been out doing field research with the state archaeologists and um, people from the Salt Institute. I've been reading book after book after book and reading. I read pretty much every single poem about trains that you can imagine. And um, I'm opening the poem with a poem from uh, Angel Island, which was sort of the Ellis Island for uh, Chinese immigrants in the, at the turn of the 20th century. I'm opening with an anonymous poem that's going to be read in Cantonese. And then I will translate the poem into a series of sonnets that will retranslate the Angel Island poem back into a final sonnet. But each of these sonnets will basically take up a piece of the transcontinental railroad history. And I start with the Angel Island poem because um, even though it's a different time period and a different event, Angel Island and the internment of these Chinese uh, immigrants was really a result of the fact that Chinese labor coming in to the United States uh, for the transcontinental became a threat once the transcontinental was finished. So the cheap labor that Chinese immigrants represented suddenly became something that the U.S. wanted to keep out. So I see these li- these um, events actually as linked. Will it be a book or will there be a multimedia element to it? <clears throat> for the performance, it'll be a multimedia element. I've taken tape from a bunch of people who speak the languages of the people who worked on the transcontinental so when you listen to the poem, these voices will be trickling through in these different languages. And um, there'll be images as well that I'll play while I'm reading. But then there will be a book, which I'll probably finish next year. So the performance of the poem will be for something about 20 to 25 minutes in length. But then there'll be a book-length poem that someone can actually buy and read sometime in the future. <laughs> Before we end our conversation, can you share a poem with the listeners? Yes. um, This is from my upcoming collection, Nightingale. It's coming out in May 2019. And it's a short poem. It's an elegy for uh, a man I was very close to who died recently. And the only thing you need to know about this poem is that in Greek and Roman mythology, when someone dies, you would tell the bees, because otherwise the bees would get very, very upset and fly away, especially if that person was a beekeeper. So um, I changed that myth to something else. It's called Telling the Wasps. Telling the Wasps. It wasn't the bees I thought to tell, but wasps the evening you died. 
not things that fly from earth to the underworld bearing sweetness on their wings. Grief made me bitter, and so in bitterness I went to seek what roots among the mud and leaves hanging its home in ashes. I wanted to believe this world would be our only one. What other streams could run more cold? What trees bloom with darker fruit? I was happy here once, as were you. I wanted to stay and grieve in the failing world where we were human together. And so I fell among the wasps, whispering your name into the hole I scooped beside the marshy winter creek, where wind now scours the freezing water, where reed on broken reed hums its numb refrain, and love turns in its mud home and sleeps. That was Paisley Rechtal, Utah's poet laureate and professor of English at the University of Utah. To learn more about her work and find a listing of her upcoming events, please visit paisleyrechtal.com.